This episode of the Nerd Up Podcast made possible in part by Eagle Theater. Visit them online at eagletheater.net and by Classic Hits WTYE. Listen online at WTYEFM.com and made possible by proud supporters just like you. Now, come on, baby, tell me who's the nerd. Nerd up, y'all. N-E-R-D up. N-E-R-D up. It's time for the Nerd Up Podcast, and here's your pod host, Guilty Wilson. Nerd up. Welcome to another episode of the Nerd Up Podcast. I'm Guilty Wilson, along with... Tony Collins. And we're both here bringing you some nerdy stuff. And uh, we talked about just before coming on, like, what we want to talk about today, you know, because there's so many nerdy things out there. Well, first and foremost, I'd like to say that I'm happy to be back on the Nerd Up podcast with a voice that doesn't sound like I mouth sex. <laughs> oh, the yeah, that's wrong. right. <laughs> the, last, the last episode. That picture's in my head now, Tony. So now well, you've ruined my night. And uh... Well, the last time we recorded, my voice was. Dicey at best. And, yeah, <laughs> uh, I had I had the Rona, the yeah. the Omicron variant. <laughs> I had Omicron. Uh, I don't know, probably a month, month and a half ago, yeah. and my voice has been in and out <laughs> since, and it's only been in the last couple of days that my voice has actually come back full. Full strength. Well, we so. got lots of emails about that, and uh, we people did. were saying, you know, it's so good that you're giving, you know, those youth uh, a chance and giving those prepubescent <laughs> teens to right. <laughs> chance yeah, to talk. Because periodically my voice would crack, like yeah. Morty from Rick and Morty. So. <laughs> well, now you're better. So. Yeah, and my voice... You got a little shorter since last time I saw you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> All right, gotta, okay, people listening, you gotta, I got to picture this. I'm, we're sitting in a studio with a desk, and this desk is made for standing, Okay, for broadcast purposes, we stand at this desk. We got a high stool that we can sit down once in a while. But uh, Tony's on the other side of the desk, and he chose not to use one of those high stools. And he's sitting down, and it looks like a kid at the when you're when you're fat and lazy, (laughs) and you want to be comfortable, you pull up a short chair, and literally. Uh, my chin is about the same level as the countertop. Well, if so. we were serving Thanksgiving dinner at the kids' table like there, you just shovel it right in. So. Exactly. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, talking about this before, what we're going to talk about, one of the things i got to let you know that coming up in the podcast, we're going to be doing an interview with Kelly Wiles. She's written a book, uh, basically the... Uh, what uh, off the edge is the title of the book. It's about flat earthers and the conspiracy theories and how people believe anything. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this flat, and, and I was excited when we uh, when we got the book, when we were, were approached by their people to see if we wanted to do this interview, because this flat earth uh, <laughs> theory uh-huh. yeah. is, is something that I'm familiar with. I've uh-huh. uh, you know watched a couple of documentaries, and every time I watch one of them, I go, but... <laughs> <laughs> Science! I, mean, <laughs> I just... And we've talked before. Uh, I am all in on ancient aliens. Uh-huh. If you tell me that little green men built the pyramids, I'll do it. Fine, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm with it. you on that. <laughs> I'll tell you what. If you tell me that little green men who live at the center of the earth, okay, built the pyramids and they come up out of the oceans to do so, fine. <laughs> I am all in on that. But you tell me the earth is flat. Covered by a dome, and I'm thinking, you schmuck, what have you been smoking? <laughs> I just want to know what's on the bottom. I mean, come on. If these guys, they never seem to explain what's on the bottom. You know, it's like if gravity's holding us on top of here, space is, you know, weird anyway. Well, I, I assume that in the flat Earth model uh-huh. of, of, of Earth, 
it looks like uh, Asgard in the MCU. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Where it's just, you know, kind of jagged rock sticking out of the bottom of what is the flat earth. Right, okay, okay, that's so interesting. That that's might be. my visual. That's kind of like a stalag. Tights? Yeah, yeah stalactites okay. or stalagmites or whichever one's hanging out. Or batmite. Or... <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> so, okay, okay. Well, yeah, I'm always always curious. And then, of course, I read the uh, Discworld books by uh, 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 Terry Pratchett, the ones where, you know, it's a turtle with elephants, and the elephants are holding up the disc. <laughs> that, you know, and it could be a giant turtle. Yeah, it could be. I mean, who knows? But she's going to talk about the, the cultism. And the, here's the thing. In the recent years, especially with QAnon, we're finding people will believe anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. As long as it's posted on the internet, they're going to believe it. And yep. she kind of ties that in on how they do that. We'll talk with her uh, in the last well, half and, of the show. And I want to, uh, one of the things I want to ask her about is a theory that I've seen relatively recently mm -hmm. in that the Earth, as we know it, uh, is like 20% larger than they have told us <laughs> and contains a dozen more continents mm -hmm. than any map actually shows. Really? <laughs> yeah, and these continents house advanced civilizations. I, oh, maybe that's where Wakanda. That's a new one at. on me. I got to get that one. Yeah. I got to find more yeah, about you, that one. Maybe that I figure that's where Wakanda is, or oh, you know, <laughs> and maybe that's where the aliens are coming from. These other more advanced continents. That's where the Tic Tac saucer came from. Yes. Okay, I get it now. All right. Well, we'll be talking with Kelly Weil. Uh, she she actually got herself dead in amongst those people. <laughs> she attended. She pretended she to be. She was one of them. She infiltrated. One of yeah. us. One of us. Yeah. And so she really got into it. And, and, and the book, I started reading it. I, I'm about a quarter of the way through. And uh, I it's cool read because she gives a history of it, of Flat Earth Society. Well, that's the thing. This is not a new concept. Right. In fact, it's, uh, you know, 200 years old. Yeah. And, and I really kind of thought we had disproved it. Back in the Dark Ages? Yeah, but what do I know? <laughs> yeah, but uh, we'll find out more. We'll be talking to Kelly Weil here in a little bit. Before that, though, we're going to talk about some other weirdly nerdly things, uh, such as, and I'm, I, this was one thing we're making of list, and this is la uh, one of the last things I came up with, and Tony goes, yeah, if you're going to keep making up words, we might as well talk about right. it. But there's a series on uh, Amazon Prime called Vox Machina. And uh, if any of you out there are D&D &D fans, well, if you listen to this podcast, you most likely are, <laughs> but it's a D&D &D meets Invincible. And you remember oh, okay. Invincible. Yeah. Uh, but the, here's the thing. I didn't know. I just saw, I watched the first episode. I'm, oh, this looks cool. And I watched the first episode. And then uh, I get a text from Isaac, you know, my son and the uh, former host of the podcast. Uh, anyway, uh, he, te he texted me. He goes, I'm thinking about watching Vox Machina. Have you seen anything about it yet? And I said, I said oh, yeah, I watched the first episode. It's really good. You're going to love it. I said, it's pictured as D&D &D meets Invincible. And he goes, well, you know what it's based on, don't you? And I'm like. D&D &D. <laughs> he goes and he said no no it's uh basically it's sort of D&D &D. he says what it is it's and they have us these these guys have a YouTube uh, channel and uh they uh um basically they have D&D &D campaigns well these people aren't just regular people they're people like us Tony and Isaac they're voice actors. Okay. These are all voice actors. They have D and D campaigns. They animate and put up on YouTube. Oh, very. And cool. so Amazon decided, hey, I, we can make some money off that, <laughs> and it's good. It really is. And like I said, if, if you if you liked Invincible, which is a superhero uh, series, uh, animated, 
And if you like D&D, those two blend together so crazily in this. It is so cool. And it's some good stuff. And uh, I'm trying to remember who actually the people were that started this thing. But, uh, uh, but yeah, they're just a bunch of voice actors. They have D&D campaigns. They have long, drawn-out D&D campaigns online. But the series, they've condensed it and edited and all the other fun stuff they need to do. So, uh, But, yeah, it's uh, – hold on. Let me, I'm pulling it up. A uh, campaign from a bunch of notable voice actors called Critical Role. Okay. That, that's their YouTube channel. They live stream their campaigns, and they also have uh, old videos. And I, I'm just going to start checking those out, too, because, again, it's really cool. So Vox Machina, if you're into D&D, if you remember v- Invincible off Amazon, uh, that was a good series. And I think both of those you, you'd like. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> I absolutely loved Invincible. I thought it was, it was awesome. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to... Uh, more invincible on Me the too. horizon. Me I think that's too. gonna be a blast. But. Yeah, and and but this one is like, and, and again, it's voice actors. So it's like, I will I hmm. will admit, and I will fall on my nerd sword right here, right now. I've never played D and D. Really? Not ah. not once. I have dabbled. I have poked around a little bit. My son-in-law is uh, into D and D, and he plays D and D. And you know, I've talked to him, and I've. Hopped online, different websites online, and designed characters yeah. and stuff like that. But I've never actually played a, a campaign. Ah, well, here, oh, here's a nice sweet story that goes. You always have, a, have have to have a fluff story when you sure. do hard news, right? Well, uh, for Christmas, uh, Isaac's uh, girlfriend. She's an artist. She's a and she um, she drew uh, an anime version of what my character that I played back in the '80s during D and D was. What it was, my son revived him for a campaign that he created for his college group, and they all and he died at the end. Spoilers. Uh. Spoilers. <laughs> anyway, he died at the end of the campaign, and and they were all sad that my character died. And I was like, oh, and, but anyway, she painted this uh, picture of uh, of this guy from different angles, kind of a, a nice character profile, and he got made a little miniature that they used in the game. But I couldn't have it until after they were done with the campaign. <laughs> but it was my Christmas gift. Uh, but anyway, so that was for Christmas. That's what I got was those two, and I was like. Oh, those guys love me. That's very cool. <laughs> so, but yeah, I was I was into D and D for a long time in the eighty. Well, in the Navy, right? When I was, in, uh, we had to have something to do when you're out to sea, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you don't just shoot enemies all the time, exactly. <laughs> so, but then, you know, and so anyway, yeah, D and D's always been on my, on, on you know, I've always been in my sights at some point, right? And when I saw that, and that's why I was attracted to Stranger Things because they play D and D, and then well, uh, you know, this. I, uh, uh, I, I was a you in the 80s mm-hmm. when D&D mm-hmm. was a path to Satan. Oh, I see. <laughs> you know, that was that was right up there with uh Knights in the Service of Satan. Uh-huh. I wasn't allowed to, to you know listen to Kiss. Antichrist Devil's Children. Yeah, yeah. Nope. I, see, I yeah, remember could, that band could too. Could do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Meatloaf because his album oh, called yeah. Bat Out of Hell was clearly yeah, the Satan. Yeah, it was all about the devil. Yeah. So, well, it's a good thing because you know, you went and got <laughs> baptized instead and me in the on the other hand and I was right dead in amongst That's the right. evil. You just you you got in the pit and wallowed with the demons. That's so. right. And uh, who turned out better? Well, as I've gotten older, I tend to wrestle with my demons a whole lot more. You're right. So, you know. Although it's harder to wrestle with them anymore. They're getting yeah. stronger than me. So. Yeah. Sometimes I just invite them in to cuddle. <laughs> Well, I recommend checking out Vo- uh, Vox Machina. And it's it's funny. Uh, it's, uh, and again, these voice actors. And and when I was listening, I'm like. Who's that voice? And I was looking them up, and I knew their voice actors doing right. it, and it's the same ones that do the uh, critical role. So, okay, uh, check it out. It's it's pretty cool. So, all right. So we were going to talk about some other things. First of all, Book of Boba. 
finished. Yeah, Book of Boba, uh, Mandalorian season three, whatever <laughs> yeah. you want to call the last like four episodes. Of right. That, yeah. Finished and. <laughs> Well, they had to tie it in somehow. Yeah. <laughs> well, it worked though. I mean, come on. We had we got R two, we got Luke Skywalker, we got uh, a glimpse of the old uh, uh, whenever the younglings were getting right slaughtered. I mean, they tied in. Yeah, they did, and that's one of the things they've done a fantastic job with those uh, series, uh, whether it's the Mandalorian or Book of Boba. And I'm really looking forward to uh, Ewan McGregor's uh, oh yeah Kenobi, Kenobi series yeah. coming up. But they they do. Uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni are doing, uh, as Kevin Smith would say, they're doing the Lord's work, <laughs> and uh, you know they're pulling in a lot of the the influences or the things from other Star Wars elements that, and now they're making them canon. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, the the big badass uh, Wookie. Yeah, and was from the comic was from a comic book run. Yeah, and Star Wars and now Cad Bane. Yeah, now he's officially canon. Oh. Yep. I thought Cad Bane was cool as, and I am. Mm. <laughs> I hope they help cautiously he optimistic that he didn't die. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Spoilers again. Uh, again, you you know that we wait till a certain amount of time before we give spoilers. Yeah. It's plenty of time now. Yeah, if at this point we're spoiling Book of uh, Boba for you, oh, for crying out loud, <laughs> what have you been doing with your life? Right. <laughs> but uh, Cad Bane just, I mean, he was a great villain. Just yeah. a, I mean, almost as great a villain as Darth Vader himself. I yeah. mean, you know. And 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 the, the character, the way he looks, and and that's one of the thing I, I think I've made comment before. I didn't, I never was a real fan of Star Wars. You know, Star Trek was my thing. Star right. Wars, like, yeah, okay, it's good. I like science fiction, so it's good. But now it's like I didn't know Star Wars was a sp- was a spaghetti western. So oh, okay, I really like it now. Yeah. So and Cad Bane as that villain really brought. Up, I mean, he reminded me of uh, what's the, what's the actor's name? Lee Von or Lee Van Cleef. Uh, he was a big bad in a lot of spaghetti westerns right. and stuff. And um, uh, pretty that much, if me Clint him. Eastwood was shooting a guy <laughs> in a cowboy hat, it was probably him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so that was the guy, and that's who he reminded me of. Even his uh, tone of voice and the yeah. way he talked. And, uh, well, and I appreciate that they got the same voice actor to voice him in the Book of Boba, as had voiced him in the other uh, Star Wars animated. Yeah, in the Rebels, or yeah. was it? I think he was in Rebels, and I think he was in. Uh, uh, Clone Wars. Yeah. I think he had a, a couple of appearances in Clone Wars and a couple of appearances in Rebels. But yeah, great, great character. And again, uh, hopefully he didn't die. And this is the only time I've ever said this about a villain. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I really hope he didn't die. No, because he's cool. I he want to see kind more. Of a badass villain. And then uh, of course, you know, uh, uh, Grogu, otherwise known as Baby Yoda, uh, showed back up with the wearing the Mandalorian chainmail shirt. That's right. <laughs> what we predicted. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I loved it. He came flying in a Tie Fighter. <laughs> you know. Sure, R two steered the Tie Fighter, right. but, you know, <laughs> but it's still, and, and that's, and I or not seen, Tie Fighter, I mean X Wing, <laughs> yeah, X Wing, and, and I have seen a lot of people that are, uh, you know, bashing the show for being a ton of fan service, but that's kind of what I'm looking for, yeah, and if they can, and if they can in a smart way, because I didn't feel like. Anything they did to tie in the greater Star Wars mythology, I never felt like they were doing it just to shoehorn it in. Right, right. It always it kind of made sense. Yeah, it's it's not like a Stan Lee cameo where it's like, oh, we got to have it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It was like, oh, here it's these guys have already been part of it. Now we're bringing it into the live action. You know, from uh, from Luke's appearance to uh, (laughs) the the Rancor coming in, I thought was cool as hell. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Watching. 
Boba Fett ride a Rancor. Right. I thought that was cool. <laughs> or the Mandalorian trying to yeah, ride the Mandalorian a Mandalorian trying to ride the Rancor. <laughs> that didn't work so well. Yeah. I mean, and every single one of the characters they brought in, all, it, it, like you said, it made sense why they were there. Right. You know, it wasn't like, oh, we just threw it in. Here's our, here, actually, this action figure fell into the tub. You know, the, uh, no, it's there's a reason why he's in this. And uh, every one of them, the only one person I'm sad that died in the series was that the guy that was the sheriff of that town that Cad Bane shot. I don't think he died. I'm hoping I believe not. there was a post uh, credit scene in that last episode oh. because uh, Boba makes comment about um, somebody being in his uh, bath to tank. Right, yeah. And it was, I believe right. it was him. You think so? Was, yeah, I believe it was the, the sheriff. That'd be cool if it was, because that character was cool. Yeah. <laughs> and he was, uh, I mean, I can't remember the actor's name, but he's been in other uh, stuff that I've liked him in. Right. And and the character itself was just, you know, sheriff, you know. He was the one that should have had the poncho and the, you know, and the... Yeah. <laughs> music. Blah, 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 yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And they had gunfights. They had, I mean, there's the OK Corral in that final episode. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. It was so cool. But yeah. yeah OK uh, Corral with laser blasters and droids. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, didn't they have that back then? <laughs> I don't recall. Oh, I don't okay. think so. I've seen I've seen uh, Tombstone uh, a time or two. <laughs> okay. And, and no? I don't recall there being droids. All right. Well, we'll see. But I could be wrong. You don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> You didn't look underneath their skin. That's right. <laughs> so, but no. Either way, I think Favreau is doing this right. And what's the other guy's name? That uh, uh, Dave Filoni. Filoni. And yeah, Dave Filoni yeah. has done a lot of the Star Wars, uh, Clone Wars, and nah. and, uh, and those kinds of things. So, and they're yeah. and and of course Robert Rodriguez directed a couple. Uh, and yeah. actually, I think he wrote a couple. Yeah, of and episodes, they're bringing too. in some fun directors yeah. to play around with these toys. And yeah, yeah, and that's all it is. Blast. Yeah, it's guys with their action figures saying, "Hey, you know, what would if if I put him against him?" Yeah. <laughs> so well, and you you talk about uh, uh, Favreau and and sort of Marvel being the house that I think Favreau built. Yeah. And, you know, uh, he and Kevin Feige, obviously, but mm-hmm. uh, I am really looking forward to uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse uh, of Madness. Yes. I think that's going to be just lights out. As as absolutely crazy as uh, Spider-Man No Way Home was, I think uh, this Multiverse of Madness is going to be even more ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Even yeah. more over the top. I think, um, uh, yeah. If, if not, it, it, they... they already potentially made it so i mean there's the the poster with all the shattered glass and each one of the people zoomed in there's one with deadpool doing the little yeah, shush I sign where it's deadpool uh-huh. it's really fuzzy and kind of hard to see i if it but is it, like, if that's awesome were, if you were gonna bring deadpool in and obviously they're gonna bring deadpool into the mcu this is the movie to do it yeah because things have kind of gone completely cattywampus now we've uh we've been led to believe via the trailer that um that Patrick Stewart will yeah. be reprising his role as Professor Xavier. Yeah, that, that was certainly Patrick Stewart's voice. Right now, I will. <laughs> I'm wondering if they'll try to pull a switcheroo, and it was Patrick Stewart's voice, but it's James McAvoy's face. <laughs> that would be interesting, and that's where Deadpool comes in. Yeah, <laughs> says, "Wait, no, wrong one." <laughs> yeah, Deadpool comes in and shoots McAvoy and brings Stewart in. <laughs> yeah, and... that would be cool. But yeah, and 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 that's it. You know, the rumors. Well, I don't know if they're actually rumors. Really, I think it's been almost confirmed. But li- the Illuminati coming in with this. Yeah, that's definitely and, what the speculation is. And is with the Illuminati, bring... you realize Reed Richards is part of the Illuminati. Yeah. Fantastic Four. Yeah, so, so. We, we're getting at, you know, and again, uh, I've seen a lot of people speculate that this will be uh, sort of the MCU's adaptation of the House of M oh, yeah, yeah. comic book, Yeah, where in the House of M, um, 
Scarlet Witch says no more mutants. Yeah. In this, I think Scarlet Witch will say more mutants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that way, and that's how you get the X Men. Yeah. That'd be cool. I mean, I don't care how they do it. I, I and all, there's going to be rumor. There's going to be speculation and all this. And when it finally comes out, we're going to see it. And I and I don't think they can go wrong. No, they haven't really. They ha- in my opinion, they haven't disappointed me yet. No. And you know, uh, I'm going to try to do myself a, a bit of a service that I didn't do going into Spider Man. Because we talked. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time I saw Spider-Man, I enjoyed it, but not as much as the second time I saw Spider-Man. Because the first time, I felt like I was just going through a checklist. Right. I know that they're going to bring in Peter. I know that they're going to bring in uh, you know, Andrew Garfield. I know that they're going to bring in Tobey Maguire. Yeah. How are they going to do oh, okay. All right. There's Matt Murdock. There's Daredevil. Uh-huh. There's, there's, okay. And it was just a checklist where the second time... I went and saw it with my nephew Alexander, who is a giant Star or a giant Spider-Man fan. Okay, loves Spider-Man, and so I got to go see it with him, who was seeing it for the first time. And I don't know if I was feeding off of his energy because uh, the little dude was just sitting next to me, and he was almost vibrating <laughs> through the whole movie. That was me. That was me because he was just so stoked about it. Yeah, and the fact that it had all three Spider-Men in it was awesome. Right, yeah. and so. I'm going to try to do myself a service and not go into Doctor Strange with a checklist. Right, yeah. I yep. want to go in and just enjoy the movie. I don't want to go, oh, that's how they bring in the X-Men. Oh, that's how they bring yeah. in Deadpool. Oh, there's Hugh Jackman. Oh, there's, you know. Well, see, and again, I with the Spider-Man, I avoided all the all the uh, spoilers, all the all the rumors. I, I avoided them as much as I could. I, you, you know, it's hard to avoid all right. of them. And, but I went in there also saying, you know, just just entertain me. You know, do, you know, I don't care. And when as it came out, as it happened, I'm like, that's how that, oh, yeah, that makes sense now, you know. And I think, again, I just go in there with a blank slate. Oh, I do that anyway, blank mind. (laughs) (laughs) That's every day. Well, that's Uh, because it's legal in Illinois. (laughs) And yeah, pretty much. But uh, still, is like that's the way I'm going to go with Doctor Strange. Is like I hear all these little rumors, I hear all these things, and and I keep them pushed aside. I'm not going to deep dive into it. Uh, And I'm like, okay, if it happens, cool. If not. I, I'm not let down, <laughs> so that way it works. But, but uh, they've already got some things that you know are going to happen. All right, uh, you've seen the trailer, and and in one of the trailer, in in one of the scenes of the trailer, there is uh, what appears to be a giant uh, minotaur mm-hmm. yeah. standing there. And I saw, <laughs> I saw somebody post that that image of the minotaur means that um, Wolverine is confirmed because that was huge yak man. Oh gee. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, see, those are the kind of ones I definitely avoid. <laughs> That's funny, though. I thought, oh, man. And Although, it could mean that they bring in Hercules, the hero <laughs> of Hercules from right. comic books. Oh, but <laughs> huge yak, man. That's... <laughs> yeah, oh, it was it was horrible, but I still went. <laughs> right, yeah. That's for sure. Well, and, and again, the, the trailer, there's so much. If And that's the thing. I think they released it like that on purpose because there's so much going on, and there's so much behind the scenes in the scenes oh, yeah. that they do show. Yeah. It's like, uh, well, like in Spider-Man, they released it, and then you saw the one where the lizard uh, was on the uh, scaffolding and just all of a sudden went flying off. It's like, well, he was kicked off somehow. He was kicked by somebody. Some, damn yeah, it. it's yeah. like, who? And, and yeah. it's like, then you realize, oh, it's the other Peter Parkers. Right. But here, I don't think, I don't know if they did that or not. If now, so, uh, you know, well. I think the probably the closest that they came was when they do have a couple of the shots of what we all assume 
are the Illuminati. Right. There are, I don't know, five chairs mm-hmm. sitting up there, mm-hmm. and there are a couple of figures sitting in chairs, but they're in shadow. Mm-hmm. There's a figure walking to go sit in a chair, mm-hmm. and it's in shadow. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the closest where you go. They're showing me something. I just don't know what they're showing me. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, I've heard, I've heard speculation that one of them is Agent Carter from mm. the What If series. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. So Captain Haley Britain. Atwell, uh, yeah, Captain Britain mm-hmm. is is reprising her role uh, from the, the What If series. Uh, there is a shot that appears to show uh, zombie Wanda. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about that one, though. There is a shot that appears to show a zombified Doctor Strange. Yeah, or so, it could have been the dark Doctor Strange. Could have been, and so, that's the thing. There's and, a whole bunch of weirdness going know, on. I would say that if anybody is out there and they are planning to watch Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, I would at the very least do yourself a favor and go watch Loki. Mm-hmm. On, even oh, if yeah. you don't watch What If?, I really think you got to watch Loki because Loki is where we first get the introduction to the multiverse yeah. and to variants. And, and King. And... Yeah, we get first introduced to He Who Remains, yeah. also known as Kang the Conqueror. Yeah. And and I think, I, I no, I would have to say do watch What If. I mean, it, they were all fun little stories, separate, but they all kind of tied in. And right. I see a lot of stuff from there in this trailer. Yeah. And it's like, it, it, if, they, if they're going to watch that and you're going to, probably get it a little bit better maybe. yeah i think so well i think it, i'm i'm assuming it's going to be like so many of the other things if you deep dive into this stuff then you're going to get all of the easter eggs yeah if you just watch the movies you're still going to be able to do that and you're going to be able to follow it and it will make sense but you're just not going to get the the each and you know all of the jokes all of the inside gags and that kind of right thing. yeah yeah and those are fun you know they when are. you get those inside jokes it's like that makes it more fun when i was at, again i was in a crowded theater full of a bunch of college students and uh the inside jokes you could tell every when everybody got them you know yeah. and it's like and that just made the movie much more fun right so yeah if you get the inside joke it does it makes it a little bit more so, fun so that comes out of your body does it just come out of your wrist, or does it come out of anywhere else? That's, that's a line from uh, No Way Home, guys. If anybody didn't watch that. If, and again, if you didn't get that, what well, are if you, you doing? Yeah, and if you haven't watched that, why are you listening to this podcast? Yeah, you're not a nerd. <laughs> but, uh, oh my gosh, again... Marvel's doing it right, and Disney Marvel com- combination. Now they're making Star Wars a thing for me. Uh, yeah, and that's honestly that's I mean, the Disney thing. And-, and we've talked about it. You and I've talked about it uh, a lot. In that, I never really considered myself a huge Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am. I was. I am a Star Wars fan. I watched the movies. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. a chunk of the mythology. Yeah, but. The, the stuff, uh, The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba, pfft, I'm kind of all in on Star Wars now. And yeah, I'm, Tony went out and bought a Stormtrooper costume. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, they don't make them for us plus-size guys. Look I like want a, one now. <laughs> look like a can of biscuits exploded. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> well, you know, you leave a can of biscuits on the dash of a hot car, and you come back, and yeah, okay. And there's, you know, that's white, a pretty picture. Yeah, white gushy stuff. Just, yeah, it's, it's not good. It's a pretty picture. Anyway, so, but yeah, apparently they're doing. In fact, uh, speaking of Marvel, uh, one of the things I heard, or not Marvel, yeah, Marvel, um, they that uh, Disney Plus is going to be uh, taking the Marvel series from netflix they're going oh to be yeah on yeah disney they are plus. completely leaving netflix right. and and i've heard that they're migrating to uh, disney plus now i think 
Canada gets them on Disney yeah. Plus first. Yeah, which I find it, weird. It'll be some time, unless you've got a VPN and you can tell your hmm. ISP that you're in Canada, <laughs> then you might be able to get them. But I, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think they're coming home. And I mean, why not? Because Disney has already confirmed that, uh, you know, uh, Daredevil, Daredevil is, yeah. is in the MCU now. Yeah. And so that, why not bring them all in? And as long, I mean, if they, uh, the, the Iron Fist one, uh, they can leave that one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they retell it and to get somebody else in there, yeah. I mean, yeah, again, the can... actor's not bad. He just didn't know martial arts, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> but well, uh... and and still, we don't know for sure. Uh, we know that Charlie Cox mm-hmm. played uh, Matt Murdock in the Netflix series, and Charlie Cox played Matt Murdock in the Spider-Man No Way Home. Right. We have no way of knowing if it was the same oh, yeah. Matt Murdock. Oh, gosh. So Variance. Disney could, in theory, yeah. take uh, Charlie Cox as Matt well, Murdock Daredevil and do whatever kind of backstory they wanted to do with him, mm-hmm. and it would just be this is a, this universe's, yeah. this parallel dimension's version of. Well, it's like they did with uh, uh, Kingpin and Hawkeye. It was not the same Kingpin that you saw in the series, uh, the Punisher series. Or was or, it? Or, but not, I mean, yeah, you know. he was. I thought he was bigger and you know had yeah. Hawaiian shirts and <laughs> yeah. the other one was just well groomed. But yeah, I mean, it, still, it's Vincent D'Onofrio. That's right. all that matters. That's all that matters. It's Vincent, <laughs> Charlie D'Onofrio. Cox, Vincent D'Onofrio, and I am all for it if they get. Uh, What's his name? Barenthal? James Barenthal? James Barenthal. Or is it John? Be, I forget. I don't know. Uh, to be Punisher in yeah. the MCU, that'd be fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm here, like, and I think we talked about this last time uh, we, we did the podcast, is I'm I'm all here for a Dolph Lundgren, uh, Thomas James, uh, John Barenthal, <laughs> or whatever his name is, uh, uh-huh. teaming up together as variants of the Punisher. Well, they've already or said. Or that even... Uh, who played the Punisher in Punisher Warzone? You remember that movie? Yeah, it was oh, I can't remember the actor's name, but yeah. Uh it came out, I think it came out Oh, is that was that Thomas Jane? No. No. No, Thomas Jane was in Punisher and then they Okay, the Warzone was did a yeah. soft reboot of, Yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, I forget. I get lost. I but I just I always go back to the Dolph Lundgren. I'm like, no, <laughs> you meant well. <laughs> yeah, that's like getting that scarf from Grandma on Christmas. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, thanks. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I mean, and they're tying them all in. They're all moving over to Disney Plus. I think it's just going to be a future of great stuff. Even though the mouse is going to own everything, right? Yeah, it's, the mouse owns everything we love. They they seem now, to hit our buttons. Um, where do you stand on Moon Knight? How much of a how much of Moon Knight mythology are you? Uh, I, and privy to i loved the character i've only read like a few comics i loved the character what few i did and basically just some kind of crazy psycho man that yeah yeah <laughs> just, here here's yeah. the thing i'm looking forward to moon knight and oh yeah i know nothing right <laughs> i mean i know that he got his powers from the egyptian moon god Conchu. beyond that i got nothing i don't i know he's uh Multiple personality disorder or mm-hmm. dissociative disorder, I think, is what it's called. Um, but either way. But yeah, beyond that, I know nothing. Uh, he's Marvel's answer to Batman. I've heard. I don't. You know. I don't know if I'd go that far, but <laughs> he, he, yeah. Uh, and you know what? With that, 
here, there's two characters, Moon Knight, and there's one called Phantom X, and he's an X-Man. So they're going to have to bring the X-Men in first before they bring him. But they're so close together. The only thing, Phantom X has a, like an AI orb that follows him around all the time and tells him what needs, even though he's going crazy most of the time. <laughs> so, right. Uh, but yeah, I think those two. I think those two should do a team up. Uh, they both bear white, so why not? But uh, yeah, I think those two are the crazy people in the Marvel universe. Yeah, so. we got the alcoholic behind uh, uh, Iron Man, and then you got uh, uh, oh, who was it? Uh, well, actually, Morbius was kind of a drug addict, sort of. If you count, oh God, I completely forgot about Morbius. Oh, Morbius yeah. is coming out soon, yeah. right? Soon, hopefully, real soon. I well, forgot and, when. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Matt Reeves, uh, the Batman, mm-hmm. is coming out next weekend. That soon? Like yeah, like March third. Yeah, I think. Oh gosh, you're right. Like that. That, it, March is uh, March third, March fourth. Yeah. <laughs> at the time of recording this, we're at the end of February, so yeah, March is upon us. <laughs> March is upon us. Yeah, I I just uh, did the the uh, uh, Eagle Theater Movie Hotline. Mm. I'm the voice of the yep. Eagle Theater Movie Hotline, and I just did that, and I some oh. <laughs> cool batman, batman premieres like thursday and you know so. what i'm actually looking forward to this one i am too at, at first i was like oh i, I like ben ben affleck i'm probably in the minority but i liked him and then robert pattinson i don't like robert pattinson he, pattinson he did twilight you know yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry but that's all he did that made me mad <laughs> but now i'm like i kind of like this Cat, I, catwoman's look, gonna be cool i am looking forward to it i think it's gonna be interesting look uh you know i have liked Every iteration of Batman I have seen, mm-hmm. because it's Batman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How can you not look? And they're all different. I know that there's always there, uh, particularly even Val Kilmer. Yeah, I still like those okay. movies. All right. You know, now you know. Did I think the bat nipples were stupid? <laughs> yeah. Does I do I think the bat suit needs nipples or a <laughs> weirdly defined butt crack? <laughs> yeah. No, it looked hella good on Alicia Silverstone. Oh, well, that's though. different though. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But uh, you know, uh, I know there was always a debate over who is the best Joker, who is the best Batman. Mm. I don't think you can. Compare nah. any of them because no. I think they were all different. Yeah, yeah. you know, uh, Adam West Batman. You cannot compare that no. to uh, any of the other Batman, Batmen, <laughs> Bat people, because it was Bat, they were, my, Bat Eye. No, they were just they were just all different. Yeah. They were different tellings, different iterations. Uh, and some of the people read comic books, some people didn't. Well, and you remember, Tim Burton. Yeah. Well, and you remember the hell that was raised when Mike when Michael Keaton was first cast as Batman. Before the yeah internet, oh yeah yeah Mr. The, Mom's gonna be Batman yeah. oh my God are you kidding me <laughs> yeah and I thought he made an incredible Batman yeah very good in fact uh, so much so I think they're gonna be bringing him back somehow oh, some they way are. they are <laughs> Flashpoint yeah yep, so, the the DC is looking to reboot the DCEU with the Flashpoint paradox and it may not be a a note for note retelling of the comic book Flashpoint paradox. Right. But they are certainly using it for inspiration. Yeah. No, well, actually, what they're using for inst- in- inspiration is Marvel. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, they did multiverse? Okay, let's do that. Yeah. Like, we Ooh, did that before. <laughs> we can reset some stuff and fix some <laughs> continuity issues. Uh-huh, and- uh-huh. I'd like to see them just bring, start with the, the new 52 when they did that. Because when they launched the new 52 back in the er, uh, early 2000s, I guess, 2010s maybe. I don't remember exactly. But when they relaunched those, those are actually cool. And I'm like... I like those stories. Those those were, they, and then they kind of redid it again. I'm like, oh well, never mind. Right. <laughs> I guess I liked it. For but a that's while. the beautiful thing about comic books, and yeah, uh, any those of us who are familiar with the comic book history of these properties are not as. I don't think we bump up against as hard when they 
do a reboot, when yeah. they relaunch a franchise, yeah. because pff, comic books have been doing it since the beginning. I know. That's, that's you know, I mean, because, as a Spider-Man fan, I mean, I've gone through all sorts of different reboots of uh, right. that. So, you know, and Spider-Man is a story best told about a high school or college student mm -hmm. trying to juggle being a student and being a superhero. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to see the <laughs> middle-aged, uh, what was it, cool youth pastor Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Or old man Spider-Man. Old man Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. having said that, I am all here for old man Batman. <laughs> right. You know. Well, that's, they've told those stories. Yeah, there are some cool stories. And that's, the, that's the point. He is, and that's, like you said, Peter Parker's supposed to be young. Batman? He could be any age. He could be any age. You know, so, well, not teenage, because that's weird. That'd be a dumb Batman. Not, you know what? <laughs> Honest to God, I watched the Gotham series, and I got to see teenage like Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I know. I saw that. That's why I was talking about You know? Yeah. And it wasn't bad at all, really. Ah. Well, I'll tell you what. We need to take a break, and uh, we're going to talk with Kelly Weil here in just a second uh, here on the Nerd Up Podcast. So stick around. Nerd Up Podcast. Prepare to be terrified. Lawford County Productions presents the unlisted owner director's cut. Featuring nine minutes of never before seen footage. Out now via Amazon streaming and coming soon to Blu-ray and DVD. You've been warned. All right, we're speaking with Kelly Wilde. She's the author of this wonderful new book called Off the Edge. It's a flat earthers, uh, conspiracy con culture, why people will believe anything. And uh, <laughs> it's like pretty much a, a very nerdy subject with us. Uh, but one of the things Tony Collins and I have gotten into, I'm going to use your last name because we're talking to a stranger here, Tony. Sure, that's fine. <laughs> we're going to be talking with Kelly Wilde here in just a second. She has written this book, and it's it's one of those things that here lately – you hear so many conspiracy theories. It's like, how can people fall for that? Well, yeah, they do. And this one particularly, and Kelly will obviously speak to it. It seems like the flat earth theory has really been gaining steam yeah. in recent years. Kelly, am I wrong about that? Or is this really starting to gain momentum? I wish you were wrong about it. <laughs> it, it shouldn't. It, it should be established fact that we live on a globe. But in fact, yes, this has been a growing movement over the past, oh, uh, 10 years. Yeah. And I mean, they've got a Netflix special about it and all about the people that are behind the flat earth theory. Well, yeah. And I've watched the Netflix special. And as I recall, their uh, experiments to prove their uh, flat earth theories <laughs> failed, but didn't really deter Amazing. them at all. So, yeah. And, and in your book, Kelly, that's one of the things you talk about. You go back in the history of this thing, going back to the 1800s. Now, of course, before that, you know, there was this whole thing with religion and flat earth and, you know, and that, okay, that was science said, no, no. But then in the 1800s, it made a comeback, if you will. Uh, in your book, you talk about this. Why do you think it made that comeback that time? So one of the reasons I think flat earth theory made this illogical comeback around the 1840s was because it happened at a time when the sciences were really surging forward. We we're getting all these new theories on mm. evolution and things that challenged religion's place um, in, in the discourse. So flat earth was sort of a reaction. It let people push back on science and reassert the um, centrality of certain religious beliefs and uh, say that scientists... Uh, 
Yeah, it, um, you know what? That, that makes sense now because there, that was a surge in scientific advancement at the time. And now, okay, I got to ask you again. It's making a comeback now. <laughs> Why is it making a comeback now? Uh, the short answer, I think, is that we can blame the internet. You know, it's <laughs> funny. In uh, around 2014, we saw this huge boom in flat Earth theory, which had never fully gone away. Right. Um, and I've talked to hundreds of people at this point, and. Almost every single one tells me that they have encountered the theory via social media, especially via YouTube. And mm-hmm. when you think about it, it sort of makes sense. You know, these social media sites have algorithms that promote content that it thinks we're going to click on. And Flat Earth is so weird, it's so out there that people do tend to click on it, especially on YouTube. And mm-hmm. the um, those algorithms' prioritization of Flat Earth content really turned it into a pipeline for a lot of people. People found it without even looking, and it, uh, yeah, it, it shot up in popularity. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, with, uh, with the algorithms that you've referenced here on YouTube, once you click on one video out of just curiosity, then more and more similar videos start popping up because YouTube thinks yeah. this is the stuff you want to see. And it doesn't take long before you fall down the rabbit hole of the flat earth theory. Absolutely. You know, I've had so many people describe that rabbit hole in pretty frightening terms. I said, uh, <laughs> I talked to a woman who said, I watched flat earth videos for about uh, two straight days nonstop, and at the end I was a flat earther. <laughs> oh. Well, of course you are. <laughs> oh, man. Now, in, in your book, you go, I mean, you, you, you immerse yourself in these flat earthers. You actually, I don't know, kind of infiltrate them and, and, and become one of them. <laughs> to one gr- of to us. create the book. One of us. Uh, now, how how did that come about? Well, you know, I I, I can't say I infiltrate. You know, I'm always honest <laughs> with people. I say I'm a journalist. I believe Earth is round. But that said, if you want to talk to me, I'm here to listen. And for a couple of years, I was going to flat Earth conferences. I was mm-hmm. calling folks. I um I maintained, you know, I think a pretty decent relationship with them. And um, yeah, I found that you know, at a certain point during these conversations, people stopped trying to tell me the evidence of flat earth, which of course is no real evidence, <laughs> started telling me about themselves, started telling me about why they felt so strongly about it and what had happened in their lives. And I thought that was actually a lot more interesting than someone giving me a whole bunch of garbage science. Right. Oh, good point. Good point. Now, uh, in, in, in your book, you go back and you talk about the origins of the uh, the 19th century uh, uh, version of uh, Flat Earth. I mean, again, we go back to the Dark Ages. There were times when people thought, that's different. That's way back. That's before we had science. 1800, or, or 19, or 19th century, sorry. Um, that, that's when it starts coming back. You go back in the history and talk about like uh, Samuel Robottom, um, well, uh, also known as, uh, was he the one known as Parallax? That's the one, yeah. Okay. And, and you go back and talk about, I mean, you got a history of flat earth and you're like oh well wait there's a history to this (laughs) so then you bring it up to modern times through the book and one of the things towards the end of the book you bring it up and i almost in my mind compare it to like QAnon and what's going on now with other conspiracies um why is it as a as a race can we fall for these things so easily you know it's funny we we stereotype conspiracy theorists as tinfoil hatters or people who are really dumb or gullible but in some sense, conspiracy thinking is part of a thought process that we're all susceptible to. We come to conspiracy theories when we're looking for answers and we feel like the available information either isn't enough or it doesn't give us the answer that we were looking for. And so conspiracy theories offer an alternate explanation, even if it's not right. And, you know, I think all of us probably have 
thought something conspiratorial in the past. You know, I'm yeah. certainly uh, a, <laughs> no stranger to that. But um, you know, this is a time of a lot of a uh, lot of uncertainty. People are looking for comforting information, and unfortunately, conspiracy theories sometimes fill that role, especially now that they're so widely available online. So, do you think this might be like a mental health issue, maybe? Yes and no. Um, you know, I don't think believing in conspiracy theories is, you know, a, is a diagnosis. I don't no. think it's something that's like pathologically wrong. But you know, there, there's a flip side of the mental health issues that conspiracy beliefs can cause. I've met so many flat earthers and other conspiracy theorists who say that in pursuing this theory, they really isolated themselves from their friends and family. You know, people right. say that's weird. You know, you're not invited to Thanksgiving. And, <laughs> That in itself, I think, can be pretty psychologically damaging, and it uh, can lead people into even worse places. So maybe maybe not the cause of it, but certainly I think the effect of oh, yeah, yeah, okay. thinking is uh, it can be mental health issues. Now, how, how, how common is this? Is loneliness and uh, isolation, is that like a common thing amongst conspiracy theorists in general? Certainly among flat earthers. Okay. Uh, almost to a person that I've spoken to in Flat Earth talks about it and says, you know, this can be kind of isolating. Hmm. Um, they're used to being made fun of. Uh, and I, you know, it, it depends on the theory. I've um, encountered that theme of isolation, certainly with a lot of QAnon believers who say their families are uh, a bit fed up with them. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there are there are less fringe theories that you're more likely to laugh off when your friend starts talking about it at the bar. But it's um, ultimately, yes, there's a huge potential for isolation with conspiracy. Right, right. Well, that's uh, one of the things Gil and I have talked in the past is I am a, a huge fan of the ancient alien theories. And, and uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that I am a, you know, uh, deep-held belief <laughs> proponent of these theories, but it is something that I enjoy watching and studying and, and following some of that stuff. But for whatever reason, the flat earth theory is something that I just, I have not been able to embrace. And I've watched it, and I've watched some of the, uh, some of the videos, and I go, okay, I see how you could get to that conclusion. But I think part of the issue that I have is there is an overwhelming amount of evidence that the earth is round. <laughs> and so I have a hard time forgetting that. Whereas with aliens, they're still giant. There's still big question marks. So I guess I allow myself that indulgence a, a bit more than uh, the flat earth theory. Absolutely. You know, the, the thing about conspiracy theories, and I'm very much uh, guilty of this as well, is they're fun. Um, oh, yeah. And I don't think there's necessarily much harm in, you know, watching the ancient alien shows. Mm -hmm. It's not really making any, uh, I think, harmful allegations. But what happens a lot in really committed conspiracy cultures is people make that conspiracy belief part of their identity. They say, I am yeah. a flat earther, and they get very defensive of it. And I don't know anyone who likes watching ancient aliens that has that same relationship with it. It's <laughs> something you watch and you laugh about and yeah. move on. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think, I think like so many things, as long as it doesn't become the defining characteristic of who you are, uh, probably no real harm is being done. It's when, as you said, you begin to identify yourself as this thing, whether it's uh, you know an ancient alien theorist or a flat earther or what it is, that's when it be, perhaps becomes uh, a bit more damaging and a bit more dangerous. I think that's absolutely it. It's when people start building communities around conspiracy theories, and not even just that, but um, 
of only identifying with those communities and cutting off the real-world connections. That's when I think it starts to become quite troubling. Now, with all this in mind, i got to ask you, what, what prompted you to actually write this book? I mean, there's plenty of out there, you know, uh, people talking about flat Earth and making books about be, the Earth being flat, but you kind of said, all right, let's look into this culture, and uh, you actually tied it into modern-day conspiracy theories as well. What made you want to write this book? You know, I have always been interested in um, conspiracy theories and fringe internet cultures, but when I started looking into flat Earth, because I, you know, saw it cir- circulating and thought that there's no way people believed in it, and then I dug in and I found they did, I realized that it was almost the perfect way to explore why people will believe anything. Mm-hmm. It's so outlandish, it's so obviously incorrect on its face that I realized there had to be something more going on than just flat-earthers making compelling arguments. There had to be a bigger story about belief here, and um, I was very fortunate that a lot of people did share those personal stories with them, and it, um, it, it turned into this book. Well, yeah, like I said, you kind of immersed yourself into the culture, interviewing the people. I mean, you got you met some interesting people. I mean, one guy, uh, I remember reading the book, guy built a rocket to try to fly up, uh, you know, and, and prove... Uh, I, I don't. Th- I haven't got to that part yet, whether he actually did it or not. Uh, <laughs> so again, I'm a quarter way through the book. Let me get the rest of it. But uh, <laughs> what, how did he ever make it? I want to know. No, he uh, he he extremely did not make it. This is a man uh-huh. named Mike Hughes. He's uh-huh. a prominent flat earther, um, and he wanted to get this rocket ship off the ground, and he would fly up high enough and take a picture of the curvature or lack thereof. Right. Uh, and he, he managed to do a couple launches, never high enough to see, but he was, uh, you know, um, he was a stuntman by trade, so he liked doing that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> and in February 2020, it went disastrously wrong. Um, oh. The launch took off wrong. He died on impact. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was it was pretty nasty because, I mean, you know, I you talk about immersing myself in this culture. I came to, you know, talk to some of these people quite a lot and yeah. like them personally and Mike was one of them, and it was, it was just it was very unfortunate because it never needed to happen. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, how? What? what I, again? In, in my brain, I'm thinking, what causes a person to risk their life like that just to prove something that has already been proven? I thought. Yeah. Uh, that's... Yeah. You know, for for a lot of conspiracy theorists, I think they're they're driven by this sense of um, adventure. It's almost like a, a role playing game for them, or a puzzle. They're looking for new evidence, um, and they're, they're finding new clues is almost like a little a dopamine hit. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure that's exactly the case with Mike, but he was so enthralled by the possibility of doing these big launches and of, um, hmm. and of you know, proving something at the end, potentially, and that was worth it for him. Well, yeah. Well, and he said so at the time. And you know that makes uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. You know, we I've told Gil in the past. While I am not a flat earther, I have to admit I don't know. <laughs> I have never been up high enough to see the curvature of the Earth with my own eyes. So I get that idea of unless I see it with my own eyes, it isn't real. It doesn't exist. Kind of mentality, and I would assume that that's the type of thought that would drive a person to uh, do these more, perhaps, dangerous things. Absolutely. You know, that argument has been uh, baked into Flat Earth from day one. The uh, fellow who sort of invented the theory in the 1800s, um, mm-hmm. he came up with his own kind of science. He called it synthetic science, things that 
only believing what you can personally uh, see with your own eyes. And, you know, I think a real scientist's answer to that is you've got to believe in things you can't see with your own eyes. I've never been to Arizona, and I talked to you right. there, you know. So <laughs> you have to be questioning, I think, but also leave um, space for acceptance of reasonably well-proven information. Right. I cannot see the air that I am currently breathing, <laughs> yet I am currently breathing the air. Well, see, I got the advantage on Tony on that uh, because I was in the Navy for six years, and I got to see the horizon slowly sink over as the curve of the Earth. So I've seen it with my own eyes. So. And, and you never went, uh, never once ran into the, the ice wall? Uh, not that I know of. Okay. <laughs> so we're good. Right. With that in mind, I know in the book you mentioned it as well, QAnon, uh, how does that carry over into way? I mean, QAnon is like they kind of just make up stuff. I think sometimes to me that's what it feels like. But uh, they don't see it; they make up stuff so that now makes it real. How does that? How does that uh, flat Earth go into the QAnon aspect? You know, in in both cases, they are starting making things up because they're mm. they have the available evidence to say Earth is round, and you know Hillary Clinton is literally eating children. Um, what? But they... <laughs> I was shocked, too. No, it's... Um, what, what, they're, what they're doing is they will take a whole bunch of things that feel right to them. It's, uh -huh. it's very emotional, driven. Things mm. that they think should be true, and they discard all other evidence. And they'll always find some usually emotionally driven reason to... Um, support their claims. So even though, yes, they are sort of making things up, they'll find some, oh, you know, my brother's cousin's friend is uh, a <laughs> secret intelligence officer, and that's enough fake, yeah. fake evidence for some people to believe if they already wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I think you, you alluded to it earlier, one of the big, I think, uh, driving forces behind a lot of these conspiracies, being able to take root is uh, the internet, and it is so easy now to uh, essentially live in an echo chamber where you're able to make connection with like-minded people, and so if that's all the information you're ever taking in, it becomes very easy to believe whatever the conspiracy thing is that, that you are into. Mm -hmm. Right, and to that effect, I think it's very socially driven. Um, if you're in a community of people who are telling you that you're right, and not only that, but you're some of the only people who know this secret, <laughs> yeah. I think that's really powerful, and it keeps people on the inside of a conspiracy theory. Yep. Until they get arrested for otherwise, and then it's like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> so, Well, uh, Kelly, I want to thank you very much for coming on to this fun little Nerd Up podcast and uh, talking about your book. Again, the book is Off the Edge, Flat Earthers, Conspiracy Culture, and Why People Will Believe Anything. And that's something that just always puzzled me. Is like, how can people fall for the, some of this stuff whenever there's proof? But, and, I, you know, I also get it. I understand <laughs> that right? desire for a sense of belonging yeah. and being part of a larger group. You know, you were in the Navy, you were part of the military, you understand what that sense of yeah. brotherhood and belonging feels like. And so I see the the temptation, I think. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you, 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 Kelly, you brought this to our attention in this book, and uh, I, I, I've got to... I got to recommend it. Like I said, I'm only a quarter of the way through, but you got me wanting to read the rest of it because I'm like, um, yeah, that's exactly my questions. Why are people doing this? Well, and the book just uh, just went on sale a couple of days ago, right? Uh, did I see that it went on sale on the 22nd? That's right, on Tuesday. Ah, and and uh, now uh, this is available at any bookstore, correct? <laughs> Should be, yeah. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> if you got a good, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's, I mean... 
I think more people need to get this because, again, I think I, I have some few, a few QAnon friends that I think I'm going to shove this into their library somehow. <laughs> well, and again, whether you are, I think whether you're pro-flat earth or uh, anti-flat earth, which <laughs> sounds more combative than I wanted it to, I think it's a fantastic <laughs> read regardless of what side of the yeah. What side of the earth you're on. Plus, you get a little history of why the people right. are like this. Now, uh, i got to ask you, uh, Kelly. Uh, <laughs> okay, you've talked with enough flat earthers. I don't know if you've discussed this in your book. I haven't got to that point if you did. But I want to know. This is one thing that's bugged me throughout. Uh, on the, the flat earth, what's on the bottom? Anybody tell you that? Good luck. Good luck getting an answer. Really? Good luck. I've, I've heard it asked 18 different ways, and no one's really sure. Um, <laughs> most of them will say that this, uh, the earth and the dome that they believe is uh, around it is the only thing that exists, and there can't be anything in the bottom. And I say, well, hang on. <laughs> so um, I don't recommend seeking out flat earthers, but if you find one in conversation and you get an answer... I want to email me. Okay, I will. I will. uh, So then you may have answered the other question I had. Uh, The true, the true uh, diehard flat earthers think that there are no other planets in the solar system. How does that work? They believe that there is no solar system. That Earth is enclosed in a globe, like or excuse me, a dome, like a snow globe, and that there's nothing outside. And that's just it. This is it. Yep. Wow. <laughs> and I find that thought more depressing than anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, as, as a kind of a fellow nerd who likes space and all that, mm-hmm. I also find it depressing. Yeah. <laughs> teach their own. Yeah I, yeah, I remember there's one time I saw a meme that had the flat Earth and then had the other planet in the solar system. I said, "Well, that's awkward." <laughs> so, and I so how did the and I don't know, but anyway, I could ask you questions forever because again, you've you've put yourself on that battlefield, <laughs> if you will. Now, uh, are I there wanna... are there any other? Uh, obviously, where we're talking about flat Earth here, but are there any other uh, conspiracy theories or? same type of ideas that you're keen to uh, perhaps write another book about? Oh, man. You know, I think right now I'm taking a little bit of a sanity break. Uh, I know I can't stay away from this stuff for very long, so uh, <laughs> we'll see. But right now I'm just uh, just just focused on this one. All right. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to maybe a future book about the uh, aliens building the pyramids. <laughs> We'll see. I'll put it in my notes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, if you do come up with another, please contact us because we'd love to talk with you again. Again, I could ask you questions forever, but you're on a limited time. You got, you know, you're supposed to be selling this book. That's right. <laughs> You've written it. Now you got to sell it. So now comes the hard work. Yeah. So well, I totally enjoyed this conversation. And again, I've got more questions than you could have ever probably even filled in with a day or two. So, uh, but thank you very much, Kelly Weil. Again, the book Off the Edge. Flat Earthers, Conspiracy Culture, and Why People Will Believe Anything. Starts out with a little history of Flat Earth, moves on into current conspiracy theorists, and even mentions QAnon, because I saw that. That's one that sticks out in my brain for reasons I will not go into right now. But anyway, uh, Kelly, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, How can people find you online, Kelly? uh, Do you have... uh, any place you want to send them online if they want more information about you or the book? Oh, I'm on Twitter. It's just my uh, name. It's Kelly Weil. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I tweet about conspiracy theories, current events. So uh-huh. uh, give me a follow if you'd like. <laughs> and that's spelled W-E-I-L-L if you're looking for the Weil part. And uh, Kelly, like Kelly. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to be looking you up and following and see if you come up with anything else. So thank you very much. And uh, and, and, and I wish you lots of success. Thanks again. Podcast. Have you ever wondered what makes Eagle Theater possible? 
It's you. In a world of Netflix, Amazon Prime, and YouTube, it's your loyalty to Eagle Theater that makes first-run movies here a thing. And we want to say thank you with the annual popcorn bucket. Buy the annual bucket and you're set to save. When you buy the bucket, we'll fill it for free. And each time you come back for another visit, we'll fill it for just $3.50. Buy the bucket, support the Eagle Theater, and save. All right, well, that was Kelly Well, I had so many more questions, but she had no time. That's... Well, and it's and it's an interesting topic, and it's the reason that it is a conspiracy that continues to thrive today. Yeah, because it is an interesting topic of conversation, and I, I'm a little disheartened and saddened by her talking about, uh, you know, some of these people being ostracized from their family yeah, yeah. and not invited to family. Are you kidding? If I had a family member that I knew <laughs> was a flat earther, I'd be like, You're coming "Come, <laughs> let's break bread. Talk to me about it. Tell me about it." You know, um, and you and I have had a number of theological discussions. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, which I again is a is a topic of conversation that. I tend to not shy away from because I have questions. I'm curious and I'm interested to hear what other people's thoughts are. Uh, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, I'm not opposed to having a political conversation because I live in the world where we can disagree about things, but we can still be friends. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just <laughs> because I think you're back crap crazy <laughs> doesn't mean that we can't be friends. Maybe probably more friends because of that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're a little left of, because let's face it, man, the, the people that are dead in the middle of the road center are kind of boring. <laughs> Very, yeah. You know, you need the, you need the, <laughs> Extreme left and extreme right, and I believe in ancient aliens. And if you think the world's flat, more power to you. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Why did the aliens visit a flat place? <laughs> and again, there's a theory behind that too. So, well, yeah. And you know, it's it's weird. And the way she ties it in in the book, and with like current uh, conspiracy theories, QAnon, like I said, was mentioned in the book. And there, I mean, it's one of those things that you know people will fall for anything if you get enough evidence and nothing on the other side well now with the social media you got those algorithms feed force feeding you yeah, all force that feeding stuff you evidence if yeah. it thinks that you're interested in this thing it will start to show you more things that was that's yeah. uh you know bringing it back to the core of what we what we talk about um uh kevin smith uh, did the Netflix uh, he-man yeah uh, yeah or masters of the universe Revolu- revelation revelation yeah and as far as I know, the entirety of the world hated him for it. Yeah, yeah. Because I saw the first article that was lambasting him for this, and I clicked on it. Yes. And then the Facebook algorithm started sh- sending me all of the other articles and talking about how stupid it was. And, and therefore you realize everybody hates yeah. Kevin oh, Smith. Oh, apparently everyone hates Kevin Smith. <laughs> yeah. And it's, a great, and it's a great point. I mean, like a perfect example in my house is my grandson comes over, has to watch a BTS video because he, the kid likes to dance and sing right. Korean songs. Yeah. Now you're getting nothing, nothing but, but BTS and K-pop but K-pop videos. Oh my God. I turned on YouTube. I was, was going to do a search for uh, some song the other day. I was just like, Oh, I want to hear that song. And so I did a quick search on it. And before I could get through that, BTS was and K-pop all over. Well, I've like, got my cell phone sitting right here in front of me. Hey, Gil, those are some really nice Beats by Dre headphones you have. <laughs> Tonight, have I'm going to have ads for Beats by Dre. You know, guaranteed. Yeah, it's 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 bizarre how the technology works, and in many facets, 
It is fantastic. It has made life exponentially easier, but it's also made life exponentially more dangerous, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Uh, one of the things that we've talked about before are deep fake videos, and mm. I've watched a lot of them on YouTube, and they are the ones I've seen on YouTube are very fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, seeing Jim Carrey as uh, Jack Nicholson's character in The Shining. Yeah, the fun Kind one. of a fun video. Seeing uh, Sylvester Stallone as Terminator. Mm-hmm. Kind of a fun video. Yeah. Uh, the ones that scare me are there's a new app or new uh, program called uh, Deep Face, mm-hmm. which allows you to do real time deep fakes. So you could be on a video call talking to who you presumed would be me, uh-huh. but it's not me. Uh-huh. It's somebody using this deep fake technology. Uh, it's scary. Yeah, it's scary. It's really so scary. that's what I'm what I'm getting at is. It's going to become harder and harder and harder to tell the difference between truth and conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, yeah. because well, until what did you I, say the quote about from Jeff Goldblum? What did you say that? Uh, oh yeah, the, that, that uh, you know the people who come up with this technology were so busy thinking about if they could, they forgot to think about if they should. Yeah. And it's a wonderful quote from mm-hmm. uh, Jurassic Park when he's talking about the scientists being so enamored with the idea of creating dinosaurs, you failed to take into consideration whether you should yeah. create yeah. the largest predators the Earth has ever seen. <laughs> well, I saw an interview with one of the guys that create, helped create the software for DeepFake or the, the coding, and he says, and he said, we just meant to have some fun. Is all it was is like, and you know, get some actors involved and have some create some fun Hollywood, like Robert Downey Jr. now looking twenty years old, right? Things like that. Or you know, and we were talking about it earlier with uh, the Book of Boba. They mm-hmm. were able to have a very realistic yeah. looking young Mark Hamill. Thanks to deep fake uh, technology. Yeah, but now. And, and in fact, uh, at the end of The Mandalorian, where they first had the, the, the Mark Hamill, right. Luke Skywalker, it looked a little wonky. Yeah. And then a guy on the internet used his deep fake technology to do a better version. So when they got ready to do the next uh, Book of Boba and they knew they were going to have Luke, uh, Disney actually hired that internet YouTube creator. And said, you handle the visual effects because you've got a beat on this deep fake that we don't have. Mm-hmm. And so, and again, they created it for fun, but should they have? I mean, should it have been released to the public, basically? Yeah. Who knows? Should the dinosaurs run free like that? I don't know. I don't know. I kind of think I'm glad it's released to the public because maybe we're more aware of it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You maybe. Know. Yeah. So now we're like, oh, no, that's deep fake. Forget it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, again, maybe if the president comes out and says something and they're like, ah, oh, that's deep fake. No, we really meant, oh, it was him? Oh, darn. <laughs> so. and, and, you know, the, the bottom line is, again, I think we talked about it earlier. It's that sense of community, that sense of belonging. And, you know, that was our a- audience knows the desire for that sense of belonging, which is why right. why we do this podcast, why we love talking about Marvel stuff, why we love talking about Star Wars and nerd stuff, because mm-hmm. it's a community. It's a culture. We you know, yeah. love going to the Comic Cons, love dressing up as these characters and debating debating not real stuff mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the point where, right. you know, <laughs> I've had shouting matches with my son over <laughs> 
who would, shit that's not real. Let's like, be honest. Who would win Superman versus Thor? We had that discussion on yeah, the podcast. We so. had that discussion on the podcast. <laughs> and while it didn't come to blows, it can get kind of passionate. Yeah. You know, which is better, Star Trek or Star Wars? Go. <laughs> Star Trek. That's all you got to say. So yeah. anyway. <laughs> but yeah. And you know what? And that's the thing. And like, and, and, and Kelly Weil in her book brought it up is the fact that they have that, they, they've put themselves so far into that flat earth. That they've isolated themselves, you know, and and the loneliness and the depression. That's where I was getting the mental health issue aspect. Yeah. It's yeah, you get lonely when you're no no longer accepted. Matt and I think I think it's like that. Uh, regardless of what you're into, if you take it to extremes, yeah, yeah, you know, it can become very isolating. Luckily, being a nerd is popular now so it we're, is. we're, we're, we're yeah. not extreme anymore you used to have to hide your comic books <laughs> yes, under your mattress next to your playboy yes. i mean um the magazine you were holding for your friend that you never actually looked at yes <laughs> that and uh, uh video games was a thing i i when i was younger we had you know, okay, okay this is gonna see this is gonna be old man gill here back when i was a boy <laughs> get off my lawn anyway uh so the, we had you know the coleco vision the uh, atari uh the intellivision and it was a family thing at best it was never one of the hey well, come over to my house and play this uh really weird video game right. you know it, was, it wasn't a thing well now it's like they have land parties, or well, not, how do, do they have land parties anymore? Now that they have Wi-Fi, probably not. <laughs> not as you much. You know, I was talking to my son about that here a while back about land parties, and he's going, "Huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. No, you're too young. You just hop online and you just yeah. You know, and and everybody's I, online together though. And yeah, my wife gives gives Logan and I such a hard time because I'm sitting in the living <laughs> yeah. room, he's sitting in his bedroom, and we're playing video games together, <laughs> talking to each other through headsets. Uh huh. Uh huh. Instead of just talking to each other in the same room. Um, but it's also a fantastic way to share. Uh, you know, my son and I are in one house. We're playing. But we're also playing with my son-in-law, who's in uh, Sullivan, Indiana, about an hour away. Mm. And we're playing with my brother-in-law, who's in Springfield, Illinois, about three hours away. Yeah, true. And so it, it's fun. And it's now again. But see, with the Flat Earthers, though, it's like they go so far extreme. And again, most and QAnon as as well was like, no, dude, no, don't even bother. Well, they've even made fun of it with, on TV with those kayak commercials. Yeah, we don't kayaks not real. You know those. I yeah. love those because of that fact. But it's true. The people well, that go so far, they're like, and dude, a lot you're of isolating this, yourself. and a lot of this stuff. And we don't do we don't do political. No, <laughs> we don't do political here. But a lot of this stuff is is hits a little too close to home because yes, you've sir. got the you know <laughs> the the pandemic is a fake. It's mm -hmm. a fraud. Uh, no, it's not. I know people who are you know mm -hmm. again whatever side of the the conversation you're on masks no masks vax no vax. <laughs> It's it's interesting that there is a definitive line drawn in the sand, and you're either with me or you're against yeah. me. Marjorie Taylor Greene, sanity. You know, you got to weigh yeah, those things. Yeah, you know. So. <laughs> Did I say that? No. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, either way you go, there's always an opposite, and it, just don't go too far. No, when it comes to nerd culture, though, you can go as far as you want because that's what this podcast is about: going as far as you can with Marvel, Disney. Uh, I'm sorry. But even the, then, I'm trying to think of the name of the video games they make. Jack and Daxter, something dog, Naughty Dog, Naughty Dog. I love those guys. But then Great again, game. I'm also going to say. Um, it is a good idea to go talk to family, go talk to friends face-to-face. <laughs> -face. Oh. Um, get out of the house, leave the basement, oh. walk outside, take a deep breath, and go, oh, there is a world out here. I love this stuff, and I'm a big couch potato, and I will binge watch 12 hours of you know Netflix in, in one day. Mm -hmm. So I'm not... 
I'm right, not that yeah. guy. But I'm also going, you know, once my wife comes home, okay, now I have to interact with another real person. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. A human. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll see We'll see how normal we become, but uh, either way. Oh, I didn't say I was becoming oh, yeah, okay. normal. I am far from that, man. <laughs> oh, okay, good, good. But, uh, yeah, I would. I highly recommend this book. If, if you're interested at all in what and, – and, what got me was the flat earth thing, but she talks about current conspiracy. And I think I would recommend this book. This is it's pretty interesting for anybody Absolutely. and I'm, in, I'm enjoying it, but then again, I'm a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, Plus you know what? you're just looking for ammunition to use against your wife in the next argument. That's right. That's right. You Cause know. she brings up stuff that I don't, I don't remember doing 30 years ago. So <laughs> it's like, that's right. how'd you know that? <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, that's what it is. It's ammo. All right. Well, you know what? We got to end this podcast because one, I got to get it published. And posted. Then two, we got to get it published and posted in time because next week we're going to be interviewing Matt Shore. You know, Moby Dick, Back from the Deep, the zombie Moby Dick comic book. He's putting his last installment in. Oh, okay. And he's going to finalize it, and that'll he's getting ready to launch a Kickstarter. Is he the one that uh, flipped the script and interviewed us? (laughs) Yes, yes. For his podcast, that was that was fantastically odd yeah right especially knowing that right when we signed logged in it's like we were thinking we were interviewing him (laughs) yeah we were thinking we were interviewing him we were thinking it was going to be audio only and he goes no 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 i do video for my podcast so (laughs) oh yours (laughs) there is a reason that gill and i are on radio folks (laughs) so we hid behind microphones during that one yeah Yeah, if you look up matt shore i i don't i remember uh I don't remember the name of his uh, video podcast, but uh, check it out. We're on there. Yeah. Uh, I need something about Shore Manor or something. uh, He's going to kill me. He is going to kill me. He's going to roast you hard. (laughs) Well, we'll we'll find out next week. Yeah, we'll talk to him because he's got the final installment of Moby Dick Back from the Deep, and we'll talk to him. So we got to get, you know, got to have these evenly spaced. That's right. So, all right. So let's take a a knee for this one now. Is that political? I just not. Or is real. it just because I'm old and my back hurts? Because your arms are weak and your, your you know your knees are weak and your <laughs> arms are, weak are heavy. And my arms are heavy. <laughs> and mom's spaghetti. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> either way, we're gonna end this one. And like we say at the end of every episode, stay, stay nerdy. nerdy.